0: three-pointer.
1: To the first nothing but net episode of the year 2024. Um, we are back, so we are super excited. I am Evan hosting today, and I'm joined by Nick and David. So it's been a minute since we recorded, so just wanted to ask you guys how how are you doing? How are your holidays? How how's everything been between the two of you?
0: Pretty good. Pretty good. Had a pretty fun uh holiday. You know, just been getting used to the new new pupper and how they're doing and uh you know he's having fun he's getting more comfortable so now he's he's definitely being a crackhead it's snowing outside so he likes being out there but um now they're getting along other than that just just working
2: (laughs) yeah 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 mostly they've been working but overall pretty good so
1: good same year i got a new dog well it's like three months i've had him now but like you said nick he's getting used to things so he started to get a little crazy now <laughs> which yep. is always fun getting uh, comfortable <laughs> Yeah, yep he's like okay now i know what i can do <laughs> how i can sneak behind your back so <laughs> but he's cute so we can't be too mad but we'll hop right in here um and later on um we will uh talk about some of the some of the stories in the past week in the nba and we'll do that kind of a little bit different today we'll do it in a game of does this matter so i'll share some of the biggest NBA news stories the past couple weeks. And I'll kind of just ask the guys, you know, does this matter in the long term or does it not matter? And, and hear their opinions on that. But first we'll hop into our normal first quarter segment, uh, which we like to do, which is called who's hot and who's not. So each one of us three on the pod today, will talk about one team and one player who has been hot recently or playing really well or who is not and has been playing very poorly. Um, so Nick, I'll start with you. If you want to go with either your team or player, whichever you prefer on who has been hot in your opinion recently.
0: All right. Um, maybe I misread it. I thought we had to have a team and a player. So I did both.
1: You can go Um, with both. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: (laughs) Um, but for my player, I had Kyrie Irving, um, last four games, 38 points, six rebounds, um, almost basically seven assists, um, and two steals, through those four games. I know they didn't win all four of those games, but I just think he's been really kind of been able to step up. And for me, like him basically averaging almost the most points over that four game time span. Um, and just an all around, I don't know. It just kind of feels like he's getting into a groove there with the Mavs and maybe him and, you know, Luca start to gel a little bit more. And then that looks like a little bit more of a dangerous team um, when it comes to playoff time, when you have two, basically perennial scorers within the NBA Um, and then two guys that when they're clicking they're able to get other people involved and if they can get each other involved that's going to be a fun fun team maybe they make a move at the trade deadline bring in maybe a big that can help them out um, in pick and roll situations and then that becomes a fun team to watch I mean like a Pascal Siakam would be a, a fun addition for that team um, it would go really well with them making a playoff push, maybe even a uh, championship push with that kind of a team. So, and then uh, my team that I have for hot, just the Clippers. I think eight and two over the last ten. They're fourth in the West right now. Um, they started kind of rough, um, especially after the James Harden trade. But everybody seems to be fitting into their role. Everybody seems to be doing what they're supposed to be doing, and. They're healthy right now, so I think that that helps. <laughs> the conversation's never been, are they good enough players? There, you know, I I've never I'm, I I I've always said I think Paul George doesn't really show up in the playoffs. You can make the same comment for James Harden and Russell Westbrook. You know, when the playoffs come, they're very inefficient players. Um, you know, Kawhi's been the only one that's been able to get it done on the big stage. But during the regular season, if they're all healthy, they're they're clicking, and I think you know if they can. Be consistent through the playoffs. This will be a dangerous team for anybody to have to play.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely true. And I actually had Kyrie for my player that was hot too. So we were definitely on the same wavelength there. Um, yeah, I mean, him and him and Luca have been missing, like both of them have been missing games recently. I know today the game that they played, Kyrie had an awesome game. Had over 40 points, but Luca wasn't in, and they still were able to beat the Pelicans, um, helped by Tim Hardaway Jr., who also had over 40 points, which is crazy. And also the a stat they said during that game earlier today as we're recording was there's been two times in in Dallas Mavericks history where teammates have both scored 40 points in the same game, and Kyrie Irving has been a part of both of those. Um, one with Luca, one with Tim Hardaway Jr. And he's only been there about 50 games. So <laughs> kind of crazy. Just That just shows kind of how how hot he can get, how well he can score the ball. Um, he's been shooting really well in the past seven games since he's been healthy. He's had 30.3 points per game, which is fifth in that span, which first in that same amount of time as Luca, his teammate. So if you have the first and the fifth top scorers in the league, that's a pretty good recipe for success. Um, also has been shooting 50% from the field and 49% from three, which is crazy. I mean, um, I know it's a short time frame, but 49% from three is, is absolutely crazy. So definitely agree on Kyrie being definitely hot recently. And I liked your pick with the Clippers too. Um, in one of our news stories later on, we'll we'll touch a little bit more on the Clippers. So um we'll talk a little bit more on them later. But yeah, they've definitely started to gel and they had a rough start, like you said, when they acquired James Harden. But um now that they've kind of had some time to gel, I think Tyron Liu, when they got James Harden, said, you know, after the don't really judge this till after the first 10 games. I'm gonna experiment a little bit with rotations and figure things out. We know Russell Westbrook went to the bench. Um, and that seems to have really helped. And they've they've been playing very well so far at the fourth seed in the West. And they have been healthy. Um, I think Kawhi's only missed a few games this season, which is kind of crazy compared to his last couple seasons. Um, he's been talking about, you know, how, how much he wants to play, how much he doesn't want to sit out games, which is awesome. Paul George has been relatively healthy for them as well. And so, yeah, like you said, I think it really comes down to playoff time. One, if they're able to stay healthy. And then two, if they can get some consistent performance outside of Kawhi. But the way they're looking right now, um, they're looking like a strong contender in the West, I think. Uh, but hopping over to you, David, um, do you want to go ahead and share your your team and player for who you had that was hot?
2: Yeah, for me, for the player, I've got the I got Luka Doncic himself. And hey, here As we go. <laughs> now. He is right now top five and three of the offensive leader boards
1: mm-hmm.
2: in points, assists, and uh three point three pointers made just to name a few. I haven't been able to see the full complete list um, of stats, but for me, for the team, however, yeah. and I'm kind of surprised that they are up this high. I got to say the Minnesota Twi- Timberwolves, um, they're right now sitting at twenty-eight and eleven, which is shocking. Cause I if I remember correctly, none of us had them in first place.
1: I I think that's correct. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so gotta give credit where credit's due at this point in time in the season. Uh we'll see if they're there at any other point during the season, but for the time being, credit where credits due. So yeah. There you go.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And when you mentioned the the standings, um, I pulled up what we did in the preseason and we were all pretty much on the same page with the Timberwolves. I had them 10, Nick and David, you both had them at nine. Um, but yeah, neither of us, none of us had them near the top of the standings. And what they've been able to do has has been really impressive so far um, in this season, doing it a lot on the defensive side of the ball um, with Rudy Gobert kind of really going back into that top of the defensive player of the year race. He's been out of that for a couple of years, um, but he's, he's really getting back to that form and on offense, Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns have, have been really good and they're starting to gel a little bit more together as a team than they did last season, right after the trade. Um, And Luca, I mean, like you said, he's, he's right up there in the top. He's kind of a do it all player. Um, I think if the Mavs continue to, to, play and rise up the standings. It's definitely gonna be a lot more chatter for MVP talk for Luka. I think he's probably in that top five-ish right now. But if they're able to get up into maybe the top four in the West, I think he starts to become one of the favorites along with Embiid and Jokic right now. So that'll be another interesting thing to watch to see if he's able to do it. Because the stats are there. It's more just the team success, I think. Um, But the team that I had that was hot and um there's a lot that have been that have been surprisingly hot recently I considered going with the Thunder which um we know David was not high on in the preseason um if you all listen to that episode you remember that little uh, argument between him and Nick there um and I I was thinking about the Pelicans as well but I ultimately did, went
0: yeah go I, ahead. I think I had them second right I West?
1: think so. Let me let me pull it up here. You had them third. So third, okay. Um yeah. you were very close. I had them seventh and David had them fourteenth. So we were completely all across the board. Um, but you're looking like the most spot on right
0: now, Nick. On That's okay. I think I missed on um I missed on Indiana and in the East. So that was Yeah.
1: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's okay.
0: (laughs) You know, you win
1: some, you lose some, but yeah. Yeah, So I thought about going with them. I thought about going with the Pelicans, but for right now, just in these kind of, I was looking at the past 10 games, I decided to go with the Utah jazz and they have been really, they really did struggle to start the season. Um, But in their last 10 games, they've been eight and two, including wins over the Mavericks, the 76ers, the bucks and the nuggets. Who are all, you know, really solid teams in their respective conferences. Um, and so now they're right firmly in that play and race as the Knights seed again after a rough start. Um, and within the, the within the past 10 games, they've had the 10th best offense, the seventh best defense. They've been very balanced. Um, in the past 10 games, they've had the sixth best net rating in the league. Um, and really offensively, we're seeing it done by Laurie Markinen, of course, um, you know, the most improved player from last year. He's still continuing to be on a great run this season. And we've seen Colin Sexton, former Cav, step up a lot for them in terms of scoring, in terms of running their offense a little bit more this year, which I think a lot of us maybe expected him to play more of that role last year. But he's kind of, again, starting to gel with the team a little bit more this season. And then defensively, they've been really solid led by their second year center, Walker Kessler. Um, And they've actually had Chris Dunn, Who's really floated around the league a lot? He's a really strong defender, um, but hasn't been able to stick around because he doesn't play much offense. But they've given him a good amount of responsibility on the Jazz team, and he's been he's been very he's been playing very well for them too. So I don't know how much this will last. I don't think you know. Not saying that the Jazz are going to be one of the top contenders in the Western Conference, but just for right now, I think they've been very hot. And I think it's, it's surprised a lot of teams along the way. So um, I was very interested to see kind of their 10 game stretch and especially with some of those big wins against some, some really strong contenders. All right, we'll move on now. As we talked about the hot teams, we'll move to the flip side of it, which the teams and players that are not so hot. Um, And we'll start with you, David, this time.
2: Honestly, I got the Los Angeles Lakers right now they are out of even the play in tournament as it sits uh sitting two games under 500 which technically isn't a lot i i get that and realize that but for a team that we all thought would have at least at the very least make it into the play in tournament if not in the top 6 mm-hmm. um i guess you could say that is really disappointing and i don't i don't really have someone for an individual player that's not hot at the moment to be honest with you so i'll have to pass on that one for right now
1: oh that's all right that's all right but yeah i i like the pick of the lakers um the thing that's been really interesting with that is you know they had a really bad start last year and i think we all knew that and they definitely improved as the season went on but this year they've been very pretty healthy with LeBron and Anthony Davis, really not missing a lot of games between their two stars. You know, they don't have the whole Russell Westbrook fiasco that they kind of had last year. They have a lot of the same team from that Western conference finals run. Um, it just hasn't by, quite been clicking the same way. And like you said, they're, they're only two games under 500. So they still have time to kind of claw their way back up. But I'm sure they would have liked to be in a much better position at this point in the season. So it's a little bit surprising to see them, especially when they've had, you know, relative health for their two big stars. And the fact that LeBron is still playing at an insane level after turning 39 years old in December, which is crazy. (laughs) Um, Nick, you want to share your team and player who have not been hot?
0: Yeah, I think I like the Lakers. I I was thinking of going with them, too, but um, I don't know. I just feel like they haven't really been all that great for a good part of the season ever since the end season tournament. So you kind of really look at them, you're like they've really been struggling for a long time. Um so I don't know. I just like I was like, yes, of course. Like we look at them and they're like they're gonna have to make a move. I don't really know what they do because I mean what the only difference on that team is they don't have what Dennis Schroeder and then they added a couple guys. So like couple world guys so it's like that team's not really much different um it is like the rotations are very weird that darvin ham is doing like you think that you need to find a like your third option and it doesn't seem like he can pick or he doesn't want to give the reins to austin reeves and i just don't know why like that makes the most sense like he kind of is your energizer bunny he was your energizer bunny last year so why not do that again i I don't know if he's worried about defense and stuff like that, but at this point, like, you can't be bad at both. You know what I mean? You can't put your defensive guys on the floor and not score, but then your defensive guys aren't playing good defense anyway. So you might as well just put all offense out there and be like, screw it, just go out there and outscore people. I mean, like you said, you know, Anthony Davis and LeBron are still playing at a high level. They're healthy. You know, put all your guys that can score and go out there and, score 140 points a night, I don't know, you know what I mean? It's a very goofy, weird thing. Um, I will say, like, my not-hot player, I do have LeBron up here. Not that, like, I think he's played awful, but just down significantly from the standard at which we saw him um, through the first couple months of the season, right? So he's down to, you know, 20.2 points a game, 61% from free throw, and 43% from the field just in January, so in the past, like, five games. Um, five or six games, I think so like not awful, but still like not to that standard where we're usually have seen him throughout the the season Um, So I do think I do think him having to shoulder the load so much is really weighing on him at his age um, And we're kind of seeing what the ramifications of that really look like now Um, Because I do think they thought hey like these role players that are here. We're gonna be able to kind of carry the load some nights, but even games in which you think, oh, we're playing against lesser opponents, you know, LeBron and AD should be able to play like 25 minutes and be done. They're having to play 38 minutes to win those games. So it is a very weird, I don't know what's going on there. They're going to have to make a drastic change, um, whether that's player wise or whether that's head coach wise, which sounds crazy, but it seems like they're known for that. They'll make a crazy change and then they'll make a run. So <laughs> I don't know. Um, my team though is the Hawks, and I'm always gonna go with the Hawks because I don't understand how you have a what a, a top five point guard in the league. Some people might argue that he's one of the best point guards in the league, like, and you can't be in playoff like significant playoff contention, right? Like you can't put a team around him, and it seems like just the rest of that team is not playing at. I guess the level that you would want them to, like there's so much talks around Jante Murray being traded again. Like it just like, it's so dysfunctional there. And I just don't understand why, Um, you know, a lot of people go like, Oh, I bet you they regret, you know, not keeping Luca, but it's not even a a Luca versus Trey thing. Trey's playing well. They just can't put the team around him to win. You know what I mean? Like he has his spurts, but for the most part, he's like I said, he's (laughs) top point guard in the league. So, I don't know. It's it's a it's a very weird situation there. I think they need to figure it out quick because I don't think he's gonna give them much more time. Like not everybody is is dame where they're gonna be like, Oh yeah, I'll give you, you know, ten years of my life where you need not do anything for me and then then I want out. You know what I mean? <laughs> when it's pretty much too late. Um, so like I I just don't think most guys are gonna do that. So he's gonna end up being like, yo, I wanna get up out of here. But yeah, it's just a weird thing. That team with Trey should be at least at least like seventh in the east, six or seventh in the east. Like that should be their their bottom. You know what I mean? Being eleventh, being out of the play in right now, um, coming up on the trade deadline, like what can they what can they actually do to, you know, make it better? So I don't know. That's that's my team that I have for the knot right now.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. And I mean, a long for a long time it was like the Hawks were right around five hundred every year, just like since they made that Eastern Conference Finals run and everyone's like, oh, this is the next best team. Next couple of years, they were like 500, 500. And now they're like dipping pretty significantly below that. Um, You know, six and 23, seven games under 500 at this point, you know, in January. And like you said, I think it seems like a move needs to be made. I think the only, not the only option, but I think the biggest option if they want to return is, is going to be moving DeJounte Murray. I'm sure there would be some teams interested but I think they'd probably have to it's it's weird because you'd think they'd want to pair him with a really good defensive player since Trae Young's not a good defensive player. But DeJounte Murray was supposed to be a really good defensive player when he came to Atlanta. He was a good defensive player in San Antonio, and then he just stopped. So <laughs> that's that's strange. So it's like, what do you get to pair with Trey Young at this point? And yeah, it's 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 interesting too, because like you said, it's like, you know. How long until Trey Young maybe wants out, or does the team just eventually want to try to move on and and you know get a fresh restart with? Because they paid Quinn Snyder a lot as a head coach. You know he is a good head coach. He had some really strong Utah Jazz teams, although they kind of disappointed in the playoffs. I don't know. It's it's really interesting to see where they go. And yeah, like you said, they really shouldn't be with their talent, especially having Trey Young. They really shouldn't be out of the plan right now in January in the Eastern Conference. So they're yeah, they're kind of a bit rough and a little bit of a mess. And it'll be interesting to see where they go, or maybe they maybe they just start playing better and then you know the the conversations change. But um yeah and I and I think with LeBron, you know, I think it's pretty much what you said. I think maybe some of the the fact that he's been carrying a load the whole season is starting to catch up with them. And I think he's also he's always been smart about you know, conserving energy in the regular season, you know, I think he ultimately does believe that this Lakers team is going to be in the playoffs and can make a good playoffs run. So he's not trying to, you know, burn himself out before the all-star break even happens. Um, you know, still playing really well for, for what he is at, at his, in his age 39 season, you know, playing better than anyone else we've seen at that age really so far, but yeah, not up to the standard of what he was doing even earlier in the season, like you said. So there's some good picks. I, I like those. Um for me, and this again, kind of like my when I was looking at who was hot, I kind of focused on the last 10 games just to look at kind of a real specific time frame. And I went with the Orlando Magic because they were very they were very hot to start off the season. Um, you know, first couple months they were up at the top of the Eastern Conference, two seed, three seed, and they've really started to cool off. They're down at the eight seed right now, which again, is not bad looking at them coming into the season, but compared to where they were, they've definitely cooled off. They're three and seven in their last 10 games. Um, Before today, they had lost three in a row. They did actually beat the Knicks earlier today. So maybe starting to turn things around a little bit there, but really, it's been their offense. So it's just been really rough. And I think it's a lot because they've been missing Franz Wagner. He was really a, a good connecting piece for them. And in their last 10 games, they are ranked 28th in offense, only above the Trailblazers and the Hornets. So if you think about the Wizards, the Pistons, how bad those teams have been offensively, in the past 10 10 games, they've been actually better than the Magic, which is kind of crazy to think about, just based on how bad those teams have been. Um, Their defense is still above average. They're at 10th in their last 10, but for a lot of the beginning of the season, they were the number two, even at some points, the number one defense in the league. So just starting to slip a little bit, which I didn't, I don't think is you know unexpected being that they're a young team. Um, I think as long as they can still make it into the player in, in tournament this year, I think it's still a successful season for them, but I think it's something we kind of see with some of these young teams that are surprising, maybe like the Jazz, even like the Cavs a couple of years back where they really jump out to a hot start and then kind of come back to reality a little bit. So that's kind of where, where I'm at with the magic. And in terms of a player has not been hot recently it's it's been cam thomas for me from the brooklyn nets um he's the guy that is definitely kind of the definition of a up and down player he can really be a microwave he can really heat it up um but right now he has definitely been cold in his last 10 games he's averaging 13.8 points per game 1.8 rebounds per game and 1.5 assists which he is a guard so that's very low Um, But even looking at those numbers, it gets a lot worse when you look at his actual shooting percentages. Um, In those last 10 games, he's been shooting 37.6 from the field and 26.5 from three. He had two back-to-back games uh, a few games ago where he shot 0 for 11 and then 0 for 7 back-to-back. So he's still shooting, getting the shots up. He's just not making them right now. And the Nets have been three and seven in in their past 10 games where he's really struggled a lot. So um, he's definitely an up and down player. That's kind of what his role is. So hopefully for him, he can start to get hot again recently, but in these past, you know, 10 games or so he's, he's really struggled. All right, cool. We'll hop right into our home team segment. And that means it's time for your update on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, And as we're recording this, Right at the beginning, when we recorded this, I just beat the Chicago Bulls. So they're now 23 and 15. I believe still tied for the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference. Um, maybe standing alone in that fourth seed actually. Now um, they're nine and three in their last 12 games. Um, and that includes all those games without Evan Mobley and Darius Garland. Um, so, what are your guys' thoughts? I'll start with you, Nick. On this recent stretch for the Cavs, specifically kind of how they've weathered some of the injuries that they've been going through.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think this is a a testament, you know what I mean? I think not that necessarily this is like a a super deep team, but I do think they have some decent role players. I I don't know. I I still think they need another like scoring option, like a primary scoring option. I think that that's really going to help them down the stretch. Um, you know, this is a team that can play really solid defense, but you know, you get that injury bug going on and you know, once once you lose like Darius, and then if you don't have um Donovan for a game, like you really lose that just that ability to really score. You don't really have, you know, other than maybe Karis Avert, but he's very like hit or miss sometimes. Um, but other than that, you don't really have a, a really primary scorer. So, like, um, you know, you look at look at guys like Struess, you know, Okoro, Nang, Wade. Like, these are all guys that are playing right around, like, 22 um, all the way up to 34 minutes for Struis. And none of them are averaging... In the double digits except for Struess, but he's only averaging 13 points a game You know what I mean? So when you talk about offense why offensive wise, they're they're not really contributing that much Obviously defensively like you have okuro Nang, wade like they're helping you out on that end of the floor um but I think you just need a third guy um I think this this stretch here is just a testament to defense um, but when you get into the playoffs yes defense is important, but you also have to be able to put the ball in the net and I think we've seen that um in the postseason where teams really ramp it up and they figure out a way to beat your defense. Like I think we've been kind of figured out the past couple um times we've hit the playoffs the past couple years, but we just haven't been able to match the scoring output. So I, I really do think as we come up, with the trade deadline is we still got like a month for the trade deadline, a I month think. Yeah. yeah. Um so I think as we come up on that. I think they really need to look at, you know, making a move. I'll, I'll say it again. I think the Jazz's success hurts this, but I think you really need to look at bringing back Laurie. I think that would be a good option. Um, Mikel Bridges from Brooklyn would be a good option there on the wing. Um, and if not, then you, I think you, I've been watching a lot of Amani Bates, like keeping track of him in the G League and stuff like that. And his ability to score is. Is ridiculous. I know he's a rookie, and I know that there's like trust issues, maybe there with that. You know, all like, is he gonna be good? Is he not? But I don't care if he can play defense at this point. Like, you you could totally find him thirty minutes from those four guys that I just mentioned. Um, at least twenty five minutes from those four guys, and you could put him out there and be like, just go score. That's all I need you to do. Just just put put the ball on the net, um, and see what that gives you. See if that gives you a third option. Um, Because I just don't know if you can sit there and rely on Mobley to be a scorer um, when he's in in the game. I just don't know if he's really going to be that scoring big that you thought he was going to be defensively amazing, right? He's going to get you rebounds. He's going to be amazing defensively. But he's going to be a guy that's going to get you like maybe 15, 16 points tonight. Like he's not going to be a a 24, you know, 10 and 12 or whatever guy. Like that's just not how it's going to work, which is fine. Like that's still a really good high quality player. But you need you need another guy that can get you like twenty four points a night, and I think they're relying a lot on Darius Garland, not Darius Garland, um Donovan Mitchell. And if Donovan Mitchell has a bad night or he's not there, that's gonna hurt you, right? You're not you're not gonna have that scoring output. So I do think they really need to look at bringing in a third scorer. But like I said, I'm not gonna diminish what they've what they've been able to do. Like you said, what nine and three over the past twelve. You know, they're sitting at fourth in the East right now. I know there's a lot of questions at the beginning of the season. They kind of started slow, but they're picking it back up. And and the defense is going to really is what's going to put them in the position to be a higher seed during the season. But again, you're going to have to have a little bit more offensive output to compete with those teams in the playoffs because everybody's going to be playing at their best. And they're going to be trying to figure out how to exploit your defense. And they're going to get there and you're going to have to be able to keep up offensively. So you have to find somebody who could do that. Um, And if you're not going to go get a guy, then you need to give Imani Bates an opportunity to see if he could be that guy for you. Cause I just don't think there's anybody else on the roster that can right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's a good point, especially with the the offensive aspect of things. I think a lot of people talked about the defense um, in the Knicks series last year and, it certainly was a factor, but I think a lot of it was the fact that we just couldn't keep up scoring wise, as well as the rebounding um, that we were getting dominated on the boards, which didn't help. Um, But I I like the idea that you mentioned of, of trying to see what you have with the money beats. And I think now is kind of the perfect time. You know, what I would like to see is kind of giving him little pockets of minutes. Like you said, to just go out there in almost like a role of just, like you said, just shoot, just score, see what you can do for, you know, even if it starts off 10, 15 minutes a game and if it's successful, start growing things. I'd like to see what we have in him before we try to make a move at the trade deadline, because of course you can get a score at the trade deadline, but ultimately you're going to have to give up pieces. And even though, you know, we have a young guy like a Yeah. He's not a great offensive piece, but he's a legit like defensive player. And, you know, if there's a guard or a wing we need to guard in the playoffs, I'd still like to have him kind of in our back pocket rather than relying on like Dean Wade or, or Max Struess or those kind of guys where defense isn't really their top skill. So, yeah, I'd like to definitely see what Amani Amani can do. And like you said, he's really been lighting it up just in the G League so far, shooting really well. Um, and he hasn't, from what I've seen, I mean, I'm not watching full G League games. I'm just watching highlights. But from what I've seen, he's also not, Completely ball hogging like people kind of thought coming in. I mean, he's getting a lot of catch and shoot threes. You know, he's he's scoring in the mid range, but he's also getting his teammates involved. So I'd I'd like to see a little bit in this stretch, maybe before Garland and Mobley come back, especially what they kind of have in him. Um, I yeah, think that his, would
0: be his three point shooting would add a immense like I think he's shooting fifty almost fifty percent from three. Yeah, he's been leave. he's been knocked out. Yeah. So. so like having yeah. having that that extra Shooting just there, you know what I mean? Like, you, I mean, you have Dean Wade who's playing 22 minutes a night, scoring 5.1 points. You know what I mean? I understand defensively, he's adding something for you that you know you might not get somewhere else. But like, you're telling me you can't knock that down five minutes or whatever and add that because I think I think they brought Amani up. He's played like the past like eight games with him. I think, um, yeah, give him give him five more minutes from there, like. There's no reason Nang should be playing 22 minutes, averaging eight points a game. Like, I get it. But, like, again, I understand we want to be defensively. But let's let's figure out what we have in him. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. There's no reason that Stru should be playing 34 minutes a night. Like, I'm not trying to be mean or anything. But that's just what it is. Like, he's a role player. He's playing basically starter minutes. Like, let's see what we have in some of these guys. Um, I always forget that other young guy's name that we have that looks like undrafted. Um Sam
1: Merrill or Craig Porter.
0: Craig Porter. There you go. He's he's another guy too. That's like I think he's only getting like maybe twelve or fifteen minutes a game. Like, but when I went and watched that, we both were at that game. I didn't even know you were at that game. That's pretty cool. But against the Pistons, when he played, like he he was one of the better scorers on the floor. So like you have two young guys that can put that can score the basket. Score the basket. Score the ball. You know what I mean? So like let's go out there and like yo. Here's 25 minutes each for you. Put you in the rotation. Show me what you can do. Be offensive guys for me. You know what I mean? That way, when it comes playoff time, you're like, okay, I have my defensive packages. I have my offensive packages. Like, let's 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 go. You know what I mean? And then you have things to play with instead of getting into the playoffs. And then, you know, you've only played Amani Bates eight minutes a game. You've only played four or 12 minutes a game. And you're like, I don't know what I have. You know what I mean? Like, and then you're like, then maybe you need them to step up, but they haven't had that opportunity throughout the season. So, yeah,
1: I, I definitely agree. And I, I do want to give a shout out to, to Sam Merrill, as I was mentioning too, which it's interesting because he was a G league guy earlier in this season. it seems like there's a lot more trust in him um, compared to some of these other two guys, but he's been shooting extremely well. He's really what they needed. Um, kind of a combination of him and Max Struess, both being able to shoot the three really well, helps their offense a lot. Um, and he's shooting, I mean, he's getting 7.2 points per game, which doesn't seem crazy, but he's shooting 41% from three. Um, and all that's only in about 14 minutes per game. So he's not out there a lot, but when he is, he's normally shooting the ball really well. He had 15 points tonight against the Bulls, um, you know, 67% from three tonight. So he's really doing his thing too. But I'd like to see, like you said, Craig Porter and Amani Bates get a little bit more more run right now Um, but David do you have anything you want to add kind of on the recent stretch for the Cavs or anything moving forward for them I mean it's
2: definitely great to see that some of these bench guys are stepping up when they need to uh, to to any extent really Um, but like Nick said he can't really rely on them 100% because um, we they really aren't the primary people you need someone to come in and be that third person like nick said and but great to see what they're doing so i'm glad that they are uh let's see where we can go from there
1: yeah absolutely absolutely and one other guy i do want to give a shout out just in this stretch specifically is jared allen he's played really well offensively as well as his normal defensive strengths um in the last 10 games specifically he's had 19 points per game almost 14 rebounds per game um, you know, just those numbers on their own would be definitely like all-star type numbers. I know it's a smaller sample size, but he's he's stepped up. And so hopefully we can see that, you know, kind of aggression that he's had a little bit um and kind of bumped up his rebounding game a little bit. Hopefully we can see that kind of carry on to the playoffs. Um, you know, especially if we play a bigger team like we had to play the Knicks last year. Um, but I like what I've seen with him in terms of his aggression and and just his offensive play style while Mobley and Garland have been out. All right. Now we'll move into our third quarter segment. And this is what we were referring to earlier, um, playing a little bit of game of does this matter? So we'll start off here talking about the Clippers, um, like Nick mentioned earlier as his hot team. The first news story is Kawhi Leonard signed a three-year, $153 million extension to stay with the Clippers, which is not quite a max deal, um, but pretty close to it. Um, so I'd like to ask you guys, I'll start with you, David. Does this matter to you?
2: Um, to me, not really in the sense that Kawhi hasn't really been the same player since he left Toronto. I think that's great for him, and I think it is. it does matter to him, obviously, because it's his career. But as a whole, since he hasn't really been the same player being injured majority of the time, um, he's kind of like L.A. Clippers version of Deshaun Watson who hasn't been existent on the Cleveland Browns in some form or fashion. So yes and no in the sense that it's great for him, not really in the sense that he hasn't been existent up until recently. Let me put it that way.
1: Yeah he's definitely been more available this season like you said but um definitely have had a lot of issues or injury issues or load management issues in the past and so definitely can kind of see the the nervousness of that you know especially if you're the guy signing that 3 million dollar extension from the Clippers side of things but Nick do you agree disagree with David on this
0: Yeah I mean in my mind it I guess it just matters depending on who you are you know I think as a Clippers organization this matters because you know, them going into their new stadium next year, mm-hmm. like or a new arena, I should say. Sorry. Um, that's not a football. <laughs> <laughs> um, new arena. You know, you're gonna have your guy, right? Your guy that you can put on your posters, like your guy that's gonna put butts in seats. You know, I think it helps right now that he's healthy. He's playing well, like the clippers are playing well. Um, you know, I think it matters kind of negatively because you give him this deal. Now this kind of limits how many other people you can give this kind of deal to. Right. So I think you look at it as like, obviously Paul George looks like the next guy that this deal may be given to. And then you got to look at guys like Westbrook and Harden and, you know, is Harden going to kind of take a Westbrook kind of deal where it takes less money to stay with that team. Is that a thing that he wants to do? Um, So is this a team that they could keep together? I don't know um with the new salary cap rules and stuff like that but i mean it also kind of doesn't matter because what else were they going to do you know like they weren't going to go into their new arena with a garbage team that's just not how it was going to work um you know they they have to be able to be successful i think they'd love to win a championship this year but i think even more so they want to be competitive next year and maybe even have an opportunity to win a championship next year have meaningful playoff games in that new arena would be good and with Kawhi that gives you that opportunity even if Paul George and Harden and Westbrook aren't there you know what I mean you can hopefully build a team around him that that will be of consequence so yeah yes and no and yeah of course they had to do this I mean you weren't gonna go get anybody else that's that probably could play at a higher level at this point I mean yeah
1: <laughs> yeah. I think I, I definitely I agree with you um in terms of some of the reasons behind it, like you said, they're moving into that new arena, which is going to be called the Intuit Dome. So it does definitely sound like a football stadium, (laughs) Um, but they're going to be moving in that they kind of got to have quiet sell season tickets. They actually literally put season tickets on sale, like right after they announced the extension. So I think that was a little bit planned in some ways. Like you said, I don't think they're going to have their, I don't think they would have wanted to go in and have posters of, you know, Bones Highland and, and Zubach, um, as their main guys to sell the new stadium. So I think that was a big piece of it. But also, like you said, they are really starting to find their groove right now. It took a little bit for them to do so after getting James Harden. But I think they're looking at it and they're like, you know, Kawhi's probably going to play a little better in the playoffs, play a little more, play with a little bit of more aggression. If he knows he's got a big, you know, pay, paycheck coming soon and he has a little bit of security. So I think that was also kind of a piece of it and, you know, seeing what they can do to get him locked up. So he's focused when the playoffs do come around, because I mean, like we talked about some of the other guys have some playoff issues. He is when he is healthy, he has still been automatic in the playoffs. I mean, even last year before he got hurt, he was pretty much dueling the the Phoenix Suns by himself. So I think it matters for that reason. And they've, they've had a strong, um, you know, kind of second part of this, of this season. And so I think it matters for that reason. I think it matters, like you said, a little bit for them in terms of, you know, we want to go into this new dome with an actual star and not just with a young rebuilding team. Um, so we can sell tickets and start to make some money back on this thing. But yeah. Uh, the next story that we have is the Pistons traded for Mike Muscala and Danilo Gallinari from the Washington Wizards. And they sent Marvin Bagley Isaiah livers and two second round picks in the years 2025 and 2026 to the Washington wizards. Um, Nick, do you think that this trade between two kind of bottom feeders matters in the grand scheme of things?
0: Again, I think this is another one depending on who's looking at it, right? Like for me, I could care less. I mean, these are two (laughs) teams that suck. These are players that aren't really of consequence, you know, like, who really cares now for the teams? I could see why it does matter. Um, for Washington, you know, you get a young player in Marvin Bagley. I think he's making twelve million this year, twelve million next year. So it's not like it's an awful contract. It's not huge. Um, so you get to see what you have in that. You know, maybe pair him with Pool with, um, Kuz and kind of see what those guys can do. Uh, the other piece is you get two second round picks out of it, and we've seen that. Guys who have been taken in the second round, even maybe guys who have been undrafted that play in the G League for two, three, maybe even four seasons, they come out, and they are able to be productive guys for you, productive role players. So those are valuable. I think for the Pistons, Mike Muscala and Gallinari, those are vets. And this is a Pistons team that <laughs> had the longest losing streak, what, in NBA history, I think? Yeah, I think- So they literally won one game, and then they've lost like another 12 in a row. Or something like that. Maybe not 28 or 29. Yeah. So it's just like to, to me, for the Pistons, this was a hey, we're not good. You know, we're still looking towards the future. Bagley's not our future. Like, let's get his numbers off the books. But at the same time, you know, if they do keep Muscala and Gallinari, I think those are good, like, vets in the locker room um that can help not necessarily develop those guys game wise but develop those guys you know mental toughness mental fortitude like the ability for them to keep pushing and growing and wanting to get better even though everything kind of feels lost at this point um i really think that that's those guys' roles like that's just where this team is at right now now there's probably a good chance if they haven't already been cut, you know what I mean? Or moved on from like, that kind of <laughs> seems like what normally happens. But again, I, if, if I were the Pistons, I would use them in that ability, that, that role as like a veteran presence. Um, so I do think it matters to them. So th- this was just a trade that financially made sense for both sides. Um, and then hopefully culture wise, this matters for the Pistons. Cause I do think they're in a dangerous position right now where you have a guy and like Cade Cunningham who is like doing everything he can for them to win games like even watching them play against the Cavs and we did like he really wanted to win that game and you're gonna find a guy that's gonna become disjected really fast like he's gonna be like yo this team is hot garbage (laughs) and he's gonna just stop you know what I mean At, at some point you can't you can't take the shit anymore you know what I mean you got you give up so I think that hopefully maybe this veteran presence they can go in there and be like, hey, listen, listen, young Phil, this is this is gonna get better. You're gonna be all right. Um, better days will be ahead. You know, you're you're gonna be an all star one day. You're gonna be a, a league leader. Just just keep pushing. Keep, keep keep getting better, and the the team around you will get better over time. I like the I like the
1: uh pump up speech that we got there going from you, Nick. But David, do you agree, disagree with what Nick was saying on this trade?
2: Yeah, pretty much for the entire thing. Because to Washington, they get two players that should be really good players, or not really good, should be decent players, and you could develop them into really good players. At the very worst, you could get two second-round picks, people that you can actually develop in to who could be really good players. I don't know about Nikola Jocic's level, but still you could get decent players and for the pistons i think that they finally got some veteran prep presence that they needed so in the grand scheme of things not really um mainly because they they're so bottom of the barrel hate to describe it that way (laughs) but they really are but on the flip side of that coin they are setting up for their future in a sense and i know that's not what detroit fans are wanting to hear that's not what washington wizards fans want to hear but that's just the reality of the
1: situation yeah so yeah i I pretty much agree with you guys like it doesn't in the grand scheme of the nba in the grand scheme of the sandings doesn't really mean anything but for the specific teams Get a little bit. I think one thing for the Pistons that this also helps along with getting veterans is getting a little bit of three-point shooting, which they really need on their team, specifically from Gallinari. Pretty good three-point shooter. Um, Can kind of stretch the floor along with Cade Cunningham. So everyone doesn't just collapse on him, although he's injured at the moment. Um, but the rest of their guys can't, can't shoot threes either. So this will help them. And, you know, like you alluded to, David, they got two second-round picks. Nikola Jokic was a second round pick. So I guess you never know what you might get for the Wizards. So um, I don't know how much Bagley will be a factor or Livers will be a factor for them, but they do get the two second round picks, which I think is nice. And you can always take a swing on those kind of things. So moving on to our next news story. Um, I think this one came out today or yesterday. It's that Dwayne Wade is going to receive a statue outside the Heat Arena, which Pat Riley says will be at least eight feet tall. Um, David, does this one matter to you about Dwayne Wade getting a statue or the size of his statue?
2: (laughs) Well, yeah, because you have to think about it for a second. Dwayne Wade was probably the greatest player in modern Miami Heat history. This guy mattered more than anything in the world. Didn't matter what era it was through, whether it was his time with Shaquille O'Neal, didn't matter if it was during the time with Chris Bosh, LeBron James, even at the end of the his career when he got traded, or did he get traded to Cleveland? Mm-hmm. The point is he went to Cleveland. And when he came back, he got the probably the largest standing ovation in history. So for basketball as a whole, you got a guy who is... A first ballot Hall of Famer, if he isn't already, and so that's what he is to the NBA, and you're honoring him in the city where he mattered the most. Yeah,
1: Nick, agree? Disagree?
0: Agree. Also, just the the sadness of of Dwayne Wade on the on the Cavs, freaking <laughs> David bringing back awful memories of of LeBron <laughs> Wade and um. Rose. Yes, Derek Rose. Derek Rose all on the same team together. Yeah. Not like two of them not in their prime. You're just like, ah, that would have been fun to watch.
2: Isn't <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Thomas on there too, if I remember yeah, correctly? Isaiah Thomas. Yep. Yeah.
0: That, that they, like
2: that, Crowder was there too.
0: That trio, if they were in their prime, <laughs> would have been just that'd have been fun. Anyway. Um yeah, no, I agree with a lot of what David's saying, right? I mean, you have Dwayne Wade, top five, two guard ever to play the game, right? I think easy, easy money, you, you could say that. Um, people argue, hey, he could be all the way up at number two or number three. Um, you know, it sucks because you have Michael and Kobe kind of in front of him. So that's like, mm-hmm. that's a tough one to really make that argument. But I think one of the most, like, he, he was a super influential guy in, in the game. You know, a lot of people growing up, um, watched him, wanted to play like him, wanted to be like him. So I think, yeah, of course, when you talk about him in the Heat culture, he is probably the greatest Heat player. Um I'm not going to say the greatest Heat player to ever play because LeBron did play for them. But mm-hmm. for the the period of time that he played for them, he is probably one of their most influential players that has ever played. Um And he deserves a statue, I think, 100%. I, I think if he's the one to get it, I think – uh one of the the trio that was there that won the back to back I think that that would be a, a fun one um uh, I think it might have meant more if they went four in a row but yeah dwayne not Wade one, was there two, for not three <laughs> yeah, yeah Dwayne Wade was there for all of it right so he was he was there when they won he won the first one with shaq he was there when they won the two with LeBron and Bosch right so he was there through the ups and the downs I mean yeah I, I think it's you know it it again it's in in the beholder of of who sees it, And I think it matters immensely to him, and it matters immensely to the Heat organization and in the fans of of the Heat. I think they've never they never not had love for him. You know, when he went to Chicago, I think they understood when they when he came back to retire. Pretty much, you know, they had, they they welcomed him with open arms, like David said. So, yeah. I like it. I think it'll be cool. I think he made the comment that he wanted it to be taller than Shaq. That why that's why it was gonna be eight feet tall. So I don't know if there's some beef with Shaq there or not, but, um, but yeah, definitely. Uh, it was it was pretty funny. So it'll be a, a huge statue. <laughs> hopefully it's not. Hopefully it doesn't suck. We've seen some kind of goofy looking sports <laughs> figure statues over the past like five years. I feel like so. Hopefully they get it right. Um, and and it looks really good.
1: Yeah, I think I think I heard that it's gonna be the same person who did Jordan's statue in Chicago, which or same like company, at least I don't know the same person, but that one's one of the best. So I think it, hopefully it should look pretty good, like you said. And I agree with both of you guys. I think it's absolutely a big deal. I'm one of the people that I kind of do agree that I think he's the third best shooting guard of all time, after Jordan, after Kobe. And I think it's Dwayne Wade right there. Um You know, he's a huge deal to that whole Miami area, of course, too. You know, he was a part of those three championships, especially that one in 06, which their first one in their franchise's history, being with Shaq, um, you know, a little bit after Shaq's prime, he was still pretty good, but they weren't by any means a favorite that year to win. So that was huge. He was still a young player. And then, of course, getting a two with LeBron and Bosh. um, Like you guys mentioned, he had those short stays in Chicago and Cleveland, I think we all should just erase those from history and just say that he was <laughs> on the Miami heat forever. Um, I think we would all be happier if we, if we saw that, if we all agreed to to say that, but yeah, I think it'll be great. Um, I'm excited to see him get it. And I think it'll be an awesome moment. And this is exactly, I feel like the kind of guy that sports statue should be for, right? Someone who made a huge impact on that specific franchise on that city and is beloved by the fan base. So I think, Excited for Dwayne Wade. He's an awesome player. Um, you know, always gave a ton of effort. I think that's why a lot of people really liked him. That's why I loved watching him as a kid, always played extremely hard. Um, I, I did see someone say asking if they're going to put a Udonis Haslam on the bench next to him, um, which I do think would be kind of funny, but <laughs> probably probably not going to happen. But um, yeah, I think it'll be great to have a, a D Wade statue
0: out there at the heroina so you don't has him, has to have a statue too at some point like i don't i don't know it's I, just he like was, <laughs> he was there forever like so, it doesn't even have to be big just something like something meaningful i think that's like i don't know that's just you can't like have a, him sitting on the
1: bench though <laughs> and the <no>. statue <laughs> that's
0: like that's like something i almost feel like uh you look at like a tristan thompson with like the calves like not a guy who you were like wow oh my god like you were the best player to ever play for the Cavs, but one of those like guys that just was always there, doesn't seem to ever leave. Like Tristan keeps coming back to the Cavs somehow. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, like he stops playing, I see him on ESPN, and then like five days later, I'm like, why are you in a Cavs game right now? I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> so like, just that, like both I of the
2: have to be with Anderson Varejao instead of Tristan Thompson. Oh,
0: that is fair, that's a yeah. good that's a good one. Both, both, just like the 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 big men of the Cavs. I think that would be a, a, fun a one.
1: throw in Big Z. I was big gonna say that's Z. your yeah. favorite player Cavs player, right, David? Big Z? Yeah,
0: yeah. there this we go. Junis Agalskis. I love it. I love it. What a name.
1: I
2: always look kind of like the underdog almost.
0: Oh yeah, for sure, for
1: sure. I love it. Yeah, we'll we'll take the we'll take the big man statues in Cleveland. Why That'd not? Be, that would be a fun one. We need some more statues in Cleveland. Cleveland's let's the, build them up.
0: <laughs> the Cavs big men over time. I think that'd be a fun one.
1: You could get like Larry Nance Sr. in there too. Yeah. That would be a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool.
2: and uh Jose um Jose Ramirez knocking out Tim Anderson on the
1: face. That <laughs> <laughs> across the street. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's good. And I think like Talk it kind of that we went into the Cavs. I'm sure we'll get a LeBron a LeBron statue in Cleveland someday, which I think will be
0: cool to see. Um, you, how, how many do you think he gets? Do you think? I feel like he's definitely going to get one in Cleveland. I feel like I feel like the Lakers is going to be tough. I think if he gets another championship there for sure. But yeah. do you think the Lakers or Miami gives him one too? I think
2: actually. I, oh, go ahead, David. I think both give him one. I. It's debatable on the L.A. Lakers just because of how much history that they've had. Mm. He, I think that they, did they build a statue for Kobe? If I I don't remember. I think they did or they will be, I believe. (laughs) I was like, if anything, they're going to do Kobe first if they haven't already. It's coming in
1: 2024.
2: Okay, so... But if if, if he,
0: if he hard. wins them another championship, I think they have to, I mean, like he's almost spent what he's like in his seventh season there now, six or seven yeah. seasons. So like, I mean, you're yeah. talking about he's almost spent Lots. as much time there as he did with the Cavs, you know what I mean? Like right. three more seasons there. And it's pretty much cause what with the Cavs, he was 11 seasons with, with the Cavs, I think total. Yeah. I think 10 or 11. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, you know, three or four more seasons with the Lakers, which that sounds like a lot but this guy's still averaging twenty five points a night so I mean like who knows how many more years he can go and do this but I don't know yeah I think I think if he's able to get them another ring I think I think you definitely have to build him one there and Miami's the only one where I could see where they don't because he was only there for four years yeah you know, right. I know that he won two championships there but you're only there for four years kind of like a I don't know i I could see them not doing it but
1: yeah, I could see, I think for the Lakers, like you said, if he wins another championship, I think definitely. I could also see them, if not, also for the fact that he'll be, you know, the all-time leading scorer. And, you know, Lakers, I think, feel like, you mm-hmm. know, they had Kareem. And I feel like they kind of really like the history of their their players and the fact that he did it, you know, in a Lakers jersey. So it could be something specifically like him hitting that shot or something like that. Um, I could definitely see the Lakers doing that. And the Heat, I think it would almost have to be like, a a big three statue or like yeah like I don't know that they I don't think they do one just for LeBron and not one for like Chris Bosh because even yeah. Chris Bosh was there for longer at that point you know yeah. so
0: I mean I don't know. he's he's but, gonna have a bunch of jerseys retired I mean he's yeah gonna have, he's I think gonna he'll have get two with the Lakers like he's gonna have the one with the Cavs and the number six with the Heat so like yeah I mean I at some point that's that's got to be good enough like the the statues for me like definitely with the Cavs he's gonna have to have one with them yeah. but. I mean, if he doesn't get one with the Lakers or the Heat, like Dwayne Wade's the one that should get the one with the Heat. You know right. what I mean? You look at right. the Lakers, For that's sure. that's Kobe. You know what I mean? Like that's that makes sense. Now, like, like I said, if LeBron's able to win him another chip and maybe he plays ten total years there, then yeah, I think I think you give him one.
1: All right. Moving on to our next story. We had a couple more here. So um just want to hear you guys' thoughts on this one because it was such an anticipated matchup and it didn't really live up to the hype. Um, being that a few days ago, back on January 11th, the Bucs beat the Celtics 135 to 102. Um, they led 75 to 38 at halftime, and the Bucks or the Celtics starters did not play in the second half at all. Um, you know, uh, Joe Mazzula just simply went with the bench for the rest of the game. So, I wanted to ask you guys opinion on if you think this matters, kind of in terms of maybe the hierarchy of the Eastern Conference or how these teams feel. Um, I'll start with you on this one, Nick.
0: I don't I don't know if this one matters. I mean, sometimes in the regular season you see these like games and you're like, oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh god. Um, I do think that everybody's entitled to a bad game, right? The Celtics have been really consistent throughout the season. Um, I think consistently one of the best teams in the league, but I think that they just got caught and this Bucks team offensively, when they're a hundred percent, they're a hundred percent. Like, I mean, you have you have Dame who could go get you sixty points, easy money, doesn't even have to think about it. Um, and you have Giannis who just physically beats you down. You know, I think there is really nobody in the league that can stop that other than maybe like a Joel Embiid. Maybe Anthony Davis, you know what I mean. Maybe Jokic, like those are guys that you look at and you're like, okay, like <clears throat> I could see you maybe potentially putting a stop to that. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I mean, that's that that's a tough thing for them. Like Porzingis is a good player, but you're not stopping Giannis running full speed at you. I'm sorry. So I think that, that that hurts them in that situation. But you know, I think. It's definitely something to be worried about if you're the Celtics like hey like why did this happen? How do we prevent it from happening again? But I don't think in the grand scheme of things, grand scheme of things, sorry, it really matters.
2: I completely agree. I think in the grand scheme of things this doesn't really matter because if this was like a second half game and we're almost to the end of the season, then yeah, this then yes. This 100% matters. But we're, what, not even halfway through the season yet? And on top of that, every single team is allowed one utterly crappy game. It's bound to happen. Even to the best of teams, you're going to have one game where one team absolutely knocks you out of the stadium. So... At the end of the day, unless it's, like, a matter of playoffs, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah, it hurts the ego, don't get me wrong. It'll hurt their egos, but
1: they still have a lot of time to recover. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think this is another one that's, like, you know, it's kind of in the eye of who you're looking at. I think for the Bucks, I think this game does matter quite a bit because – they were struggling a lot before this game. Um, a lot of people saw the the press conference where Giannis was calling out. Everybody kind of went on a rant. was like, everyone needs to be, everyone needs to play better. And the big line from that was like, the equipment manager, he has to wash our clothes better. Um, and so, you know, they were, Giannis was obviously calling them out for a reason and they weren't playing up to their standards. And that was kind of right before this game. And they came out and they, they played very, very well and they beat, you know, like you said, David, they beat the Celtics right out of the stadium and by halftime it was over and, and Joe Mozilla waved the right flag. So I think for the Bucs, it matters. I think it gives them a lot of confidence, especially with the fact that, you know, they have a little bit of a new look team with Damian Lillard coming in. It's a little different from the team that won the championship, don't have Drew Holiday anymore. So I think, I think it's a big deal for them. It can be a big confidence booster. I don't think it matters for the Celtics. Um, especially just looking at their schedule coming into this game, they were on a back-to-back so that the night before they had a win over the Timberwolves in overtime, which was a tough, hard-fought game. They also played five games in seven days, which is extremely rare in the NBA, um, which is a lot of basketball in a short amount of time for these guys, you know, especially playing at full speed. So they really had, you know, a, a bad scheduling situation and I actually saw someone post on Twitter that it was actually an exact reverse of this situation last year, where around the same time the bucks were playing on a back to back five games in seven days against the Celtics. And it was almost the exact reverse, you know, Celtics just came in and beat the brakes off of them. So I don't think the Celtics need to worry about it too much. I think, you know, maybe it's a little bit of a, a wake up call in that, you know, we have to play hard every night, things like that, but I don't think it's a big deal for them, but I think it does help build the Bucks' confidence up as they're kind of working through this new iteration of their team here. The last one that I have for you guys, and this is a little bit, you know, NBA adjacent, but it was just recently announced that Netflix is going to be creating a new NBA documentary series modeled after the NFL's quarterback show, um, Persham Strania of The Athletic. In the first season, it's going to feature the following stars, LeBron James, Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, Anthony Edwards, and DeMontis Sabonis. Um, so, David, I'll start with you. Does this matter? Are you interested in this? Do you think it'll you know, perform well? What are your thoughts kind of on this new documentary series?
2: I don't know how it will perform. I'm not that kind of person. I'm not that good at predictions, let's be honest here. Um. But I think that they, they're they on the right track. They have the right idea in modeling it after something that is decently successful and using some of the better stars in the NBA. So I think that they have the right idea. Um, whether or not it'll actually succeed, I don't know. But the idea is there. Whether the execution's there or not is a whole other thing.
0: For sure, for sure. What do you, What about you, Nick? What do you think on this? I I was a... I like the quarterback series on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I think there's, like, times when you're, like... Like, you're trying to follow it. I don't know if you watched it, Evan, but, like, I'm trying to, you're trying to follow it, and it's, like... You're, like, okay, Kirk Cousins is in week eight, and then they go back to, like... Um, yeah, jumps around. <laughs> and then Marcus Mariota, and you're, like, you're still in week two with him, and you're, like, wait, what the fuck? Um... <laughs> So you're like, I don't. So hopefully, maybe they do a little bit better of a job with the timeline with with the guys in there. Um, but I do think something that's like, it'll be very popular because something that we don't always get is that behind the scenes look at these guys, and you know, you see them game time and then in interviews, right? Like LeBron's probably a little bit more known on social media, but really what you're gonna you're gonna get to see like the training you're gonna get to see injury talks you're gonna get to see like family stuff um you know it, again it's it's like a reality tv show you know what i mean I, it, obviously a lot of it's gonna be gone through and you're gonna have lebron in there so he's gonna be like yeah no that's not going in there but um you know i think it just it just adds a different way for us to be able to digest these guys lives and and really kind of see what a season is like for them. Um, the only thing this tells me is that LeBron's definitely coming back next season. So <laughs> um, I don't yeah, well, think yeah. it it really matters. And also, like, how it, – because it, it it's going to be interesting, too, because if next season is his last season, you know what I mean? Because we don't know how many more seasons he has to play, right? He could just be like, yeah, I'm done. You know, now – this footage that they have is of his last season you know what yeah. I mean and I I wonder if maybe in the back of his head when he agreed to do something like this that was maybe in the back of his head too um hey like this might be it and that footage will be something cool to be able to go back and sift through as well too yeah. when I do my own you know career documentary right. t- type right. thing you know what I mean or biograph bio. Graphy or whatever you want to call it. Um, so yeah, I think it'll be it'll be a very interesting storyline watching all these guys at different points in their careers. Um, and it really seems like they got star power. Like the quarterback series, it was like it was like, oh, you have the best quarterback in the league, you have like a middling quarterback in the league, and then you have a guy who probably shouldn't be a starter. You know what I mean? It doesn't seem like you have that transparency here. You literally have you know superstar 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 and then demonis sabonis is basically an Mm all-star you know what i mean so you're like why don't we throw somebody in there like quinn cook you know what i mean i don't you know what i mean like where's (laughs) where's like our 14th guy you know what i mean like so i don't know that would be that would be the only thing i think would be make it more interesting but it should be a fun show to watch regardless
1: yeah, I, I think it definitely should be.
0: I think it's a good idea. Like you said, David,
1: the NFL quarterback series was pretty successful. And there's been a lot of these kind of documentaries. Like I think the Beckham one was pretty successful recently too, kind of in a similar mold. So I think that'll be great. I mean, having LeBron James to start off is going to be a huge draw. I mean, people are going to want it. There are certain people who will watch it just for him, even if they're not that interested in basketball. So that will be interesting. And You know, I like what you said, Nick, about having kind of the star power, but also I think it's interesting the different personalities that they got. You know, we know kind of LeBron's a big personality. Like you said, we see a little bit more of him on social media and he has, you know, his own, you know, production network and those kind of things with the shop and everything like that. Um, But from what I can kind of see, Jason Tatum's a little bit quieter, not, you know, not as much on the court, but off the court, a little bit of a quieter guy in terms of star where then you have Jimmy Butler and Anthony Edwards, who are huge personalities, you know, off the court. They're they're really funny guys in media. So it's going to be interesting. And then you have Sabonis, who, you know, is not the biggest star out of the group, but he has an interesting story where, you know, his dad played in the NBA, but was also kind of uh, after... So Sabonis was born in Portland and then moved to play professionally in Spain as a teenager. So that's kind of an interesting story. I'll, I'll wonder how much we'll get of his backstory, but also he's another guy that's quieter, doesn't talk to a lot of media. Um, And so I think it'll be diff- really interesting to get the different perspectives. And um, these shows are really popular recently. So I think this one will probably fall into that mold and it can definitely, you know, potentially bring more fans to the NBA. Even, you know, if you look at one like the uh F1 series, everyone got really into that and it brought a lot of new fans to the sport. So I think that's, what the NBA is ultimately looking for in something like this, kind of bringing new eyes to to the sport. You know, maybe they they really get interested in seeing Anthony Edwards on this documentary, find him really entertaining, and then they become, you know, a Timberwolves fan or something like that. So I think it's a good idea all around, and I'm excited to kind of get that, like you said, behind-the-scenes aspect of of certain things I think will be really cool to see. All right, that's all of our um, does it matter story. So we'll hop into our last quarter, our fourth quarter game time. And we'll talk a little bit about um, the best game of the last two weeks and what game we are most excited to watch in the upcoming two weeks. Um, so what I chose as what I think was the best game of the last two weeks was a game that I alluded to earlier, um, the game before the the Bucks blowout, which the Celtics defeated the Timberwolves 127 to 120 in overtime. On January 10th, Um, you know, it's actually we actually had this matchup in an earlier episode where the Timberwolves won in overtime, and it was one of the best games of the season so far. So it seems like when these two teams play, they really just, you know, put on a great show. And this time the Celtics got revenge. Jason Tatum was the big star, had 45 points, 50 percent shooting. Um, So it's just a great game to watch. And even, you know, if you weren't able to watch it, just go back and see some of the highlights, you know, hear about some of the storylines. Um, which is a really entertaining game in the league. But I wanted to ask you guys any thoughts on this specific game or, you know, either that or thoughts on the Celtics, the Timberwolves, anything kind of going forward, um, you know, from these teams as well. So I'll start with you on this one, David.
2: Not too much to add to this um, other than the fact that uh, we're shocked that the Timberwolves are as high in the standings as they are. Um but definitely was more of an interesting game than the um blowout game that we were talking <laughs> about. So there is that. Um but yeah. Cool. Great for I think, both, for both yeah, say. Eh?
1: Yeah, definitely a good game for both teams and um good for them both to kind of get that exposure of you know, being in that good overtime game Nick anything you want to add again on the teams or you know the game specifically um on this one
0: I mean hey anytime you get a a fun overtime game I think that uh that probably makes it the game of the week you know what I mean yeah, I think that's sure. that's uh especially these two teams I mean this is a listen Anthony Edwards is I think ahead of schedule where we thought he mm-hmm. might have been like I think we all thought this would be a this could be a possibility of, of the way that he's playing this year. Um but I think we had them lower we just didn't think that he would take that jump this year and he did. Um the other thing is Cats really taken on that second, you know, fiddle role really well. And I think that that's understated like this is a guy for a lot of years in Minnesota they were like, "Hey, you're the dude. Get it done." And He's a really good player, but he's just not a number one. And now they have a number one and he's really thriving in that number two role. And you have a Rudy Gobert, like you said, who can really just focus on defense. So you have a big three there that knows their roles, knows their places, and they're going out there and they're playing really good basketball. And you have a Celtics team. That's just kind of, of a cheat code a little bit where you have, you know, probably the best I would say if it's not the best it's maybe top five right Jason Tatum Jalen Brown like they're at least top five duo in the league at this point like I know we have Dame and Giannis and LeBron and AD and Jokic and Murray um, you know what I mean but I, I think that you could say they're at least top five in the league and, and that shows and then you have probably the best supporting cast I think that that any team has at this point um, starting with, you know, the unicorn <laughs> who's been playing really well the, the past couple of years. I think that has something where, you know, he's been able to stay healthy. He's been able to be consistent. And I think that's something that we just didn't really get to see from him uh, for, for a long period of time. And I'm excited about that. So, yeah, this is, these are two teams that we might see them play each other. In the finals, a couple times before these guys retire, and um, I think it'll be fun. I think we'll have games like this more and more every single year. If they made up in the playoffs, we'll have them like that too. So, yeah, times.
1: for sure. And um, definitely agree with your thoughts on the
0: Timberwolves, kind of shared a little bit about that,
1: but definitely liked your shout out of cat molding well into his role as a second star because I think. Again, it took them some time, you know, after the Gobert trade and after kind of Edwards really overtook him as the number one option. It took this team some time, but they're really starting to gel. And I love what you said about the Celtics being a cheat code. To me, they've looked like the best team in the in the league so far this season, just in general. They have the third best offense, fourth best defense, overall number one uh, net rating. Um, and the only thing, you know, in these past couple of years in the playoffs, they've had some inconsistencies. That's been their big you know, that's why they struggled. That's why they weren't able to over come over the hump against the Warriors a couple of years ago. You know, it's why they weren't able to get past the heat this year. They've just had some inconsistencies, but if they stay consistent this year, and like you said, they have the role players, you know, they have Przingis, they have Horford who can still shoot really well. They have Derek white. Who's a great defensive player. Drew holiday. Who's a great defensive player even their guys off the bench have been good, like Hauser and and Pritchard and those guys um, have stepped up. So I think they have one of the best starting fives, if not the best starting five in the league, and their role players have been stepping up. And so I think this could be the year where we could see them kind of raising that Larry O'Brien trophy in June. It's just whether they can avoid kind of the silly mistakes that that have kind of overcame them in the past few years. But looking ahead a little bit, um looking ahead to the next coming two weeks and kind of the most exciting game coming up. Um, I picked for this one in a few weeks, Nuggets versus Sixers on Saturday, the 27th, 5:30 p.m. on ABC in prime time. Um, these two teams actually play tomorrow as we're recording this, but the Sixers will be on a back to back. Um, while this game on the 27th, no teams on a back to back. It's prime time, it's on ABC. Um you know, I think it'll just be a better contest just for the fact that, you know, both teams will have rest. Both teams will be excited. It's going to be, of course, Jokic versus Embiid. Battle of the last two MVPs. A lot of people's top two MVP candidates right now. Um, and both teams are playing great. I mean, they're both the three seed right now in the East and West, respectively. And so, you know, it's possible that we get this as a potential, you know, uh, finals preview matchup coming up here. Um, and I think, you know, there's, I don't want to say there's specifically beef between Embiid and Jokic, but there's definitely that underlying, like they want to go out and have a good game against the other guy for, for at least the MVP voting narrative type of things. So, um, Nick, anything you want to add about this Nugget Sixers game coming up, uh, in a little bit here?
0: Yeah. I mean, of course you have, I, it is really funny. I, I was talking to somebody about just what the state of the NBA is now. And I feel like we had a run of like maybe 10 years where big men were just kind of disrespected a little bit. um, And it's just because they weren't able to fit the mold. You know, we went into this very much like kind of run and gun, fast paced offense, um, high level shooting um, and high level defensive play. Right. And, and it really kind of, guys like you see guys you saw guys like Boogie Cousins and Andre Drummond who like early 2000s they'd be making the most money out of everybody but you know you get to those like 2010s and you're like well you can't do any of that stuff sorry you're not you're not the guy <laughs> like you know what I mean that's tough um so but I think we're we're in the age of the new big man I mean you have not just Jokic and Embiid but you know AD Wemby um um oh, The kid from Oklahoma, yeah, yeah, Chet Chet Holmgren, um, you know, you just you have a lot of guys that are almost seven feet tall that are able to do a lot of things, and you know, I didn't even mention a guy like Kevin Durant or. Um, Giannis or like Lori Marketing, you know, who aren't necessarily like big men, but they're still seven footers, pretty much. You so know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, they're big men. But you know what I mean? I think that's just the the league is very much moving towards that. Um, and I think you're going to get back to a point where again, you there's going to be an era of basketball where we talk about this era, like we talked about the era with like Russell and you know Akeem and. You know, so on and so on and Shaq when they were dominating and stuff like that, like we're just going to talk about these big men dominating a different way because they've evolved and they've changed Um, and you've seen other countries really be able to develop their big men in a way that um, translates to this game very well, (laughs) like very, very, very well. And like you said, this is going to be two two heavy hitters. And these are two guys who want to be better than the other person. They want to mm-hmm. be the best big men in the league and it should be fun. So I didn't know yeah. if we were if we were talking if we were supposed to pick our game that we were looking at or not. If you have one. Um I think like another another fun one might be uh this Saturday. I was looking at uh Thunder Timberwolves. Um yeah, I was looking you at that know. one too. <laughs> yeah like obviously these two are top of the west i think anytime they're gonna play it should hopefully be a heavyweight battle um and i just i just thought that'd be a fun game you know two young teams the thunder just have so much talent on that team Um, and once that all develops and they still have like 17 first round is it 17 first round picks 15 first round picks I I like quite a few Yeah. yeah it's just a ridiculous amount you're like I, it it feels like me in two K. That's why Dom doesn't like to play two K with me anymore, um, because I get all the picks and then yeah. have all the guys too. and I'm just like, oh, I'll just keep replacing them, whatever. Um, uh, but yeah, that should be a fun game. That was just one I was looking at, but
1: no, um. oh, that's a good one too. It's some of the like star matchups. You know, you got Shea versus Anthony Edwards, you got Chet versus Rudy Gobert, you got Carly Carl Anthony Towns in there as well. You know, Jalen Williams. So that'll definitely be good. And like you said, top two teams in the West. So. Bound to it's bound to be exciting. Um, David, have any thoughts on either of those two games or you know, another game you're excited for?
2: I'm looking, you guys pretty much summed it up. I'm looking at tomorrow's game between Sacramento and Phoenix, two of the better teams in the West. So let's see how it
1: plays out. Yeah, no, that's a good one because especially Phoenix is starting to get healthy now, they're getting their big three going. You know, they had a little bit of a slow start due to their injuries, but they're starting to get their guys moving. And Sacramento, you know, had a really kind of Cinderella story last year and are still playing very strong this season and and still continuing to kind of grow as a a team. So, um, yeah, that will be exciting. And again, kind of the the star power there. The big three of the Suns got the Aaron Fox, who's really becoming a star now for the Kings. And you got uh DeMontas future future star of the Netflix series. So <laughs> it should be it should be good. It should be fun. Um, but that's everything we have for this week's episode. Um, for anyone who tuned in, we'd love to hear, you know, about your thoughts on some of our stories that we shared. If they if some of those things matter to you or not, or you know, any of your thoughts maybe on potentially some games you're excited for the next few weeks. You can share those in the comments on social media. Um But other than that, this was another episode of Nothing But Net presented by Deep Dive Sports, and we will see you all next time.
0: Thank you for listening to another
2: Deep Dive Sports show. Make sure to follow deep.dive.sports on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can listen to all of our shows wherever you get your podcasts.
0: And don't forget to follow our YouTube channel for more amazing content. Lastly, make sure you leave us a comment. We love hearing what you have to say.
2: And as always, until next time, you guys, sports listeners.